Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Michelin Countdown to Green on IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to the big race on Sunday. Hello, if you are just joining us, this is IMSA Radio, we're at VIR, Virginia International Raceway. What a green and pleasant land it is. It is at the Michelin GT Festival, one of two races where the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship doesn't have any prototypes racing in it. In fact, the only prototypes that we've seen at all this weekend we're in the IMSA prototype challenge a little earlier on today so it has been a celebration of grand touring sports cars and it's been superb so far I hope you were able to catch the Lamborghini races and the Idemitsu Mazda MX-5 challenge two cracking races there if you weren't head to the archive on imsaradio.com for the audio archive and all the videos will be up on IMSA's official YouTube page within a day or so. John Heinoff and Jeremy Shaw in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, we'll speak to Jeremy at the moment. Coming up in the next half an hour or so, we'll have the full grid, all 18 cars, find out where your favourites are, and we'll have our Porsche keys to the race, as well as taking you through what's happened so far uh, this weekend. But let's get down to the grid and pick up uh, a little bit of atmosphere, actually to the pit lane, which is open to the public now as well. Uh, Shea Adam is down with a team who didn't come out for morning warm-up this morning. That's Faf with their number nine plaid Porsche. And Matty Campbell is standing by to talk to us on Michelin Countdown Degree. Matt, the last time we were this hot at a racetrack, it was Landmark Park in July. Um, I'm pretty sure that Faf went on to win that race. Car's good in the heat. Yeah, look, it's been proved well in, in Lime Rock, so hopefully we can do something similar this weekend. But in saying that, I think it'll be really, really tough. You know, we've seen under track conditions, it hasn't been easy to stay on track at times. And, and also Jordan mentioned before, you know, it's been incredibly greasy and, and I really expect the same this afternoon as well. So the track evolution has been a big thing this weekend. Uh, for me, every session has been slightly different in a couple of corners, which are really critical ones. So I think, uh, you know, staying on track today, looking after your tyres will be a, a really big key. This is a track that's a bit of an anomaly for both you and Gemini have never raced here before. So uh, other tracks this season, one or the other hasn't been there. Has this one been extra difficult since it's new to you both? Um, luckily, I've been here once before, but in GD World Challenge. So luckily, I had a little bit of experience. Uh, I've been saying that that was also a few years ago. And, you know, I might have driven the same car back then. But also, this car has evolved a lot. And we've learned a lot over the past three years with development. So. It's also different and different tyre and everything like that. But uh, enjoyed coming back to the track. You know, it's definitely a driver's track. You've got to really push it to the limits. And, and obviously with Mathieu, it's first time here, but you know, world-class GT driver and, and he had no issues getting up to speed. Now, you guys didn't come out for morning warm-up this morning. You were just taking more time to drink your sacred coffee, right? No worries. Yeah, we needed a sleep in. So we need our beauty sleep. 
and uh, we've done that a few times this year and, and it's paid off um, but yeah we, we we think we're quite comfortable going into the race uh, you know missing the warm-up a, a couple of occasions this year and uh, it can be quite misleading as well at sometimes due to the, the weather condition being very very different so I think that's a, a really key thing not to read too far into it and, and just focus on uh, what you know. Matty, good luck today. Thank you so much. Cheers. Uh, so, Cher, the grid is opened to the public, uh, and are they taking advantage? There's been a big crowd here this weekend. Some new camping has been <laughs> opened uh, up for the, the fans here at VIR. It's a huge, huge piece of real estate, isn't it? Are they taking advantage, John? The, the fan walk has been a fantastic experience because there have been so many people who have been able to walk up and, and meet people, which is just what it's all about. Now, the hard thing is the drivers have been hiding because of this heat. I actually had to go up onto the stand to try and get to Matt because you don't want to just expose yourself right now. It's very, very warm out. But there are probably, oh gosh, 750 people out on the grid at wow. any given point in time. It's very crowded to the point where with only 18 cars, each car has quite a big crowd around it. She, I was saying this earlier in the weekend, but it's true, isn't it? Um, I'm, a, I'm a relative newcomer to going to VIR. Uh, in fact, it was the, the last ELMS race that I ever went to was the first time that we went to, to VIR. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, and that was in the old when I was working for ESPN, of course, in those days with with Till, uh, uh, Brian Till, and uh, Johnny O'Connell. Um, but this circuit has never stood still. Okay, the track has uh, layout itself has stayed pretty pretty similar since, if not identical, since 1957. But every time we come here, it's always as if something's changed, something's been improved. Yeah, very good point. Uh, I've been coming here for 10 years now. The first trip was 2012 for ALMS. Um, it's changed so much since then, but it's only gotten more and more beautiful, if that's possible. And part of that comes with the safety improvements that they've made, John. Every single year that we come back, there's something different, something that's been made better, and it's all for the cause of making it a safer place to race. It's really just a wonderful place to come. Um, I wonder how Mr. Jordan Taylor feels about racing here because he's got a few wins around this track, so he's uh, very well experienced at VIR. And it's kind of cool, actually, John. Right now, a group of marshals have walked over to talk to him and get the opportunity to uh, meet one of their favorite drivers. I'm just going to cut in here through them, but I don't want to disrespect them because they're the ones who are risking their lives for us and volunteering Absolutely. their time. So, uh, Jordan, do you mind if I bug you really quick? Sorry about that. This track, it's so beautiful. We've been coming here for such a long time. You've seen it getting better and better over the years. Now that you come to VIR, what, 10 years on since your first time, what do you think about all the changes that have been made? Yeah, I think it's one of the tracks that we have in North America that they are just so forward thinking, especially with Kerrigan Smith running it. I think you know he reaches out to a lot of drivers after every event to see what, we, what they can improve on. And you see it from a safety aspect, you see it in the paddock. Every year we come here, there's an upgrade in, of some sort, so. From a driver perspective, it's one of the best. Uh, everyone loves driving here. It's got one of the best flows that you can find in all the world. Um, and as a driver, it doesn't have much room for error. So every lap you kind of finish in a good way is very rewarding. So that's always fun. The S's or the roller coaster? Which is more fun in the C8R? The S's for sure. I think it's got, you're going high speed, fifth or sixth gear. Uh, you're just hoping nothing breaks on the car because you're going so fast through there. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, every every, area on this track is great. My favorite section is the S's through turn 10 when you drop off the hill there. So yeah, I think you could pick any corner and find something you like about it.
There's two races to go in this championship. It's not over yet. You and Antonio have a very clear edict in front of you. Go out and win all the races. How do you make that happen today? Yeah, we're just going to, you know, do what we can. Obviously, the last couple races have been a little bit frustrating, but I think we're in a good position today, starting on the front row, a little bit more competitive than we have been in the last couple of races. So, yeah, like you said, we've got nothing to lose at this point. Antonio, the only race he hasn't won is Petit Le Mans, so I know he's ready to get there and, and, and down to business. So hopefully we can finish off the street season strong here as well. Uh, I think we have a good shot at it. There's a ton of Corvette fans here. The Corvette Corral's packed, so we want to put on a good show for them. Thanks, Jordan. Good luck today. Thank you. Well, shit, that was it. That was uh, a, a driver who was in the zone there and plenty of people around to speak to him uh, as well. Uh, are we, we're in that philosophical argument again, or question at least, if we can't see the cars, are they actually still there? Because there's so <laughs> many people, people around them. Um, I like that question, uh, up through the S's or down through the roller coaster. I think that uphill blast, uh, we heard some people in the Mission Pilot Challenge here, it's, it's pretty much flat out in a GT4 car uh, up there. Because you're going uphill, you're building, building all the time. It's a very technical circuit. Uh, who else is there there for you to grab hold of? Who can you, who can you see? Well, the funny thing is, I'm looking equally at the cars and the wall. Aiden Reed. <laughs> Phenomenal job in qualifying. You start on the inside because there's only five uh, GTD Pro cars. How are you going to take the lead of the class into turn one? I'm probably going to stay where I am. The inside's probably where I want to be. So, um, look, you know, obviously Russell's in front, but being on the inside presents a good opportunity to take that inside and follow the, uh, the GTD Pro field on the way into one. So I'll be looking to slot in between and then try and control the pace of the GTD field. That's really the number one aim and you know track position is king and with track position comes a bit of freedom to kind of uh, set the tone with the strategy so that's what we're going to try and do and uh, you know as far as the gap in qualifying goes to P1 it, we were right on top of each other so it's it's all to play for so um, I think second may prove to be a nice little nice little spot to start if we can come out the other side of turn one in first so um, optimistic about about the start i think we're in a in a decent little spot as far as the start's concerned that's a very brief window of time whereas strategy is a lot more open is there more of a window for you guys to play with in terms of trying to vault ahead of the competition there's definitely um with 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 we know that there's a number of stops going to be coming and there'll be tires there'll be full tanks of fuel there'll be half tanks of fuel there could be yellows with all of that still to play out um it's important to be at the lead of your particular strategy group, and that starts from being at the lead of the whole field. So if, uh, if we're at the lead of the whole field, no matter what strategy group we're in, we're gonna be in a better better standing than a lot of our competitors. So that's, that's how we have to approach it and just try and maintain track position, and with that will give us some, some freedom and some options. And it's never, it never, it's never a bad thing when you're calling a race to have a little bit of car speed in the pocket. So that's, that's what I, I hope we have today, and I hope we can make use of it. Thanks, Aiden. Good luck. Thank you. That's Aiden Reed. Brickware racing the number 51 Acura. And man, does he sound like an engineer, John? Oh, he is a man who thinks. Uh, does the does some engineering duties for Rickware in other series uh, as well? Sure, I'm going to let you have a wander and see what goes uh, is going on. Let's bring in Jeremy Short at the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, one of our favourite 
races of the year, one of our pl favourite places to see race cars and to to talk about race cars, Jeremy, here at VIR, added to in the last few years by the fact that it is only the GTs. So the guys at the front of the field don't have to worry about the prototypes coming through every six or seven laps. And I, I think that kind of adds something to, uh, to what we see. We can concentrate on those battles, but also I think there's a, a little more sense of freedom with these guys at the sharp end of the field. I think that's a very fair point, uh, John. Yeah, I mean, they'll still be looking at their mirrors, make sure no one's doing a lunge pass on them. <laughs> but uh, at least they don't have to worry about being being constantly having far, much faster cars, significantly faster cars coming up in their mirrors. So, yeah, it's a very different mindset for a lot of these guys. Uh, yeah, we talk about uh, endurance racing and multi-class racing. Well, yeah, we have multi-classes here. In it, but it's only GTD Pro and GTD, and so far as car specifications are concerned, no difference at all. So uh, I, I think that's great. I think it's you know it's it's one of the two times we do this each year, uh, and this is a, a wonderful place to come. I think for for the prototypes around here, uh, well, the, or, or more particularly the speed differential around here between yeah. the prototypes and GT cars, that really does lend itself to uh, you know, a high propensity for incidents, which we don't need. Uh, so you know, let's go for quality. Uh, rather than quantity in terms of number of cars, and 18 cars is a pretty good number in any case. Oh, yeah. uh, and there'll be, you know, there'll, there'll be uh, there'll be little clumps of cars, I think, most of the way through this race, and I think it should be very, very competitive. Uh, uh, you mentioned the propensity for incident. Of course, if we do have to have the the intervention of a safety car, there's no class split here. So if we do have a safety car, it'll go, it'll rattle through much, much quicker, uh, because effectively they are seen as one class, aren't they? They are treated as one class. That's exactly right. So uh, there, there, there shouldn't be any. You know, it should be much quicker to get for the if there are full course cautions. I hope there aren't. Uh, but it, it'll be much quicker to get that whole process completed. I mean, normally if we've got all the classes here, once the pits are closed by a full course caution, once they're packed up, next time around the pits are open for for prototype cars, and then the next lap. For the GT cars, well, there's one lap gained right away because yep. we don't have the prototype split. So, uh, yeah, no, I think it's, uh, yeah, and that's one of the reasons I like it. It's a little bit different. Yep. Uh, and certainly the drivers enjoy going head to head without their battles being upset, perhaps, by the prototypes. Yes, good point. Uh, and a much shorter lap here than we had last time out where four miles was five and a half minutes nearly six minutes to get a, a, a safety car lap. It'll be half of that uh, here uh, this weekend. Let's have a look at our Porsche keys to the race, uh, Jerry. Me, actually, we'll, before we do that, uh, Shea's managed to wrangle another guest on Michelin. Uh, counts down to green. And it's welcome back, Shea, to the championship for Hardpoint Racing, Rob Ferriol and Catherine Lake. See, I knew you were going into the Porsche keys to the race, which is why I found a Porsche driver in Catherine Leg back behind the wheel. The Porsche GT3R at VIR seems a bit of a match made in heaven. I mean, out of 11 previous starts for Porsche with the GT3 spec car, seven top five finishes. That bodes really well. It means that the platform works here. How does it work from behind the wheel, though? Yeah, I think good. Um, you know, we rolled out and the, the car feels decent. It, it feels better than it has in a while, actually. So I think uh, we're in good shape. We we managed to dial it out a little bit, but fortunately we have uh, awesome engineers that helped us get it back to somewhere we feel pretty confident about. Although I haven't driven it in these kind of conditions with the with the heat, so we, we shall see shortly, actually. 
Well, good news for you, because when it was this hot, Lime Rock hot, uh, we had a Porsche that wound up on the top step of the podium overall, and that was FAF. Now, FAF are a bit of uh, an anomaly in and of themselves, but as far as Heartborn is concerned, there's got to be so much positive energy about rolling out home race and coming back here to VIR. There is, and there's so many uh, friends and family and supporters here that it's really nice and uh, and very motivating, you know. And uh, it's been busy because, like I said, we've got friends, family, and supporters and sponsors and everybody here. So um, we've had parties at the race shop, and it's been it's been very busy. But it's also very fun, and it's good to be back. We had a trailer fire, unfortunately, coming out of Watkins, so we missed a couple of races that we really wanted to do, and. Uh, yeah, it's just nice to be back. It's good to be back behind the wheel. Is it true that the fire wasn't the problem in as much of itself as the suppressant was? Uh, talk a little bit about the recovery that needed to be done to the car by your crew to get it out on the grid today. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. So it was a wheel bearing that went, and there was only a little bit of fire, and the fire department did a great job. They put it out straight away. But they put so much of their foam stuff in, it went over everything, and it destroyed literally anything that was plastic or carbon or anything it warped and it was weird it looked like you'd left the car out in a field for like seven years or something it completely disintegrated so the crew did an awesome job of getting it you know stripped down you know getting basically through the insurance process taking what you could take off of it off of it and you know putting together a, a brand new car basically it was actually the car that i crashed sorry rob uh, at Sebring, um, that, so it's a different chassis, and, and this one hopefully has good juju, so we're, we're hoping for a good race. <laughs> so this is a signal to return to the championship. We've got you guys back for Petite as well? Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll be there with force. And we're going to do some testing before Petite too, so that's even better. That, that best news you could have had all day. Kat, good luck to you and Rob in the 99 Hardpoint Porsche. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll uh, talk to some more drivers down on the grid with Cher Adam in this Michelin countdown to green uh, in a moment. Uh, Jeremy Shaw is with me, John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Let's launch into our Porsche keys to the race. Already heard Aidan Reid uh, and uh, a couple of the other drivers talking about track position, Jeremy. It is a big wide open track, but there are bits, bits of it where these cars, which are aerodynamically uh, dependent are a bit follow my leader so good qualifying is half the job but then you've got to stay at the front of the field with your strategy that's uh, exactly right and certainly uh, Aiden Reed has really good speed in that number 51 Rick where racing Acura he has actually set the fastest time of the uh, of the week in GTD he said that in the, in the practice session, that wasn't able to go any faster in qualifying. As we heard him say, they, they, they dialed themselves out a little bit for qualifying. Plus, it was a good bit warmer in qualifying. So not that many cars actually went faster in that qualifying session than they did in the earlier practice. But uh, you look, it's, uh, it's a long race, you know, two hours and 40 minutes, uh, the, a regular length for one of these races. And the, there is a lot of strategy that will be played out on the pit wall in communication with the drivers throughout this race. Uh, let, let's talk about that, Jeremy. Two hours and 40 minutes. They're all GT3 cars. The, there's no difference in, uh, in the, the balance of performance or the, the potential performance of, let's say, a BMW in Pro and a BMW in Am, a Porsche in Pro, a Porsche uh, in Am. So fuel consumption and, that is, and, and such like is going to be very much down to the pace and what the drivers and the teams 
are, are looking to do and hit those fuel numbers. How many pit stops are we looking for today? Two, I would think. Uh, I, I, the, the cars can do a little bit less than or around about an hour. Uh, and it's a two-hour, forty-minute race, so that leaves a you know, reasonably wide window there uh, to make those two stops. But uh, the other key factor here is, is the minimum drive time that has to be uh, met by uh, by you know, all of the contenders in this race. So, 45 minutes is uh, the minimum time for each of the drivers uh, in uh, in in both classes, actually, in GTD and in GTD Pro. So that has to be factored in. And we have seen people get that very wrong uh, in the championship so far. We've mentioned the fact that there's no class split. So uh, if you uh, drop off the lead lap and uh, you're not going to get a wave by, there's no lucky dogs or anything like that to go through. Uh, and if the GTD are ahead, then it will be the GTDs that come back uh, to the green flag first there's not going to be any reordering of the cars behind the safety car so don't think there's going to be any gimmies there this is the penultimate round of the championship jeremy there are out of the 13 cars in gtd and the five cars in in gtd pro there are some who aren't right in the thick of the championship fight they're looking for good results um does that change the dynamic on the track between cars that are in with a chance of the championship going to Motul Patilamon in a month's time and those perhaps who don't? Dare you take a few more liberties if you're not in the championship, particularly if you're, you're passing someone who is? Yeah, possibly, certainly. And I think you, you, one would hope that those drivers would respect the drivers that are going for the championship. But the championship is really tight right now. Uh, after uh, qualifying yesterday... The number 32 team caught off Motorsports Mercedes leads the team's championship on 2355, 2,355 points. They've got a 42-point edge over Wright Motorsports, uh, which is uh, Ryan Hardwick and, and Jan Halen. They are three points ahead of the heart of racing team Aston Martin. That's the 27 car. Uh, and they are only 51 points ahead of the Carbon Lamborghini. And Turner Motorsport BMW, only another 30 points back as well. So it's really, really tight among the top five positions. The, the pole sitter for today's race and was also the race winner last time out. That's Windward Racing. And they're only just over 200 points out of the lead. And you know, it is certainly possible, given the number of cars, to make up that deficit in these final two races of the season. So there is a lot to play for. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd, I'd rather have a car in one piece at the end of this and take second or third place points than be in the wall with nothing and having people scramble for a 10-hour race, which is still to come before the end of uh, the season. Uh, final one on our Porsche keys to the race in this Michelin count down, countdown to green. I know that the, the track is uh, with the heat is a, is a little bit greasy, but generally speaking here, grey is grippy, green is slippy. And what I mean by that, Jeremy, is there's not that much room here to make any mistakes. Uh, not, it's not spa. Uh, there's not runoff everywhere. You start dropping wheels off the edge of the track and you're into the green, and green is not good here. Green is not good here. No, it's, it's slippery. Uh, you're right. Uh, we've seen... You know, We've seen a lot of incidents during this week where cars have slid off the road. There's a lot of corners here that are tight, either tightening radius or they're long corners that took, yeah, 
the, even they're, they're opening out on radius, some of them, but you're trying to carry as much speed through there. The final corner, for example, turn 17, Hogpen, that's a, it's, a, it's quite a long corner and it's longer than it looks, if you like. If you if you stray a little bit wide on the exit of that on that curb, the road's still curving a little bit more to the right. And then you, you just way off in the grass. Uh, and we've seen several drivers do that this weekend. You can lose a lot of time. So overtaking around here is not easy, Planet. particularly given the fact that the cars are so closely matched. But the propensity for little mistakes having bigger consequences yeah, either in terms of hitting something, but certainly losing positions is quite high. Thank you, Jeremy. We'll revisit the Porsche Keys the race. Shea Adam has Gilles Gunon down uh, on the pit lane. Jules, this is your first time to VAR racing in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. What do you think of this track? Yeah, it's an amazing track. I got, a, I got let's say, the first outing. The second outing, I dropped a wheel after turn 10 into the... The, how do you say the runoff area and I I cut my breath I couldn't breath anymore and I was really scared I thought I broke my back so I went to the hospital to get x-ray done and stuff but everything was okay I'm still very very sore but that was the welcome from VAR so I love this because in Europe you have a tendency to over push all the time always drop a wheel but here you know that you cannot drop a wheel so uh, it's very very hot today it will be a tough race so let's see what we can do Jules, hopefully it doesn't hurt too much and the stint goes well for you. Good luck to you and Cooper. Thank you. All right, let's look at the 18 runners and riders. Jules Gunion making exactly the point that Jeremy was, by the way, about falling off the edge of the track. Uh, 18 perfectly formed cars. Not a big grid, but a quality one, Jeremy. Absolutely right. This is round nine out of 10 for the GTD and GTD Pro cars. We've got five GTD Pros, and coincidentally, they qualified all ahead of the 13 GTDs. There was no class split. That's just the way it worked out after qualifying. So on the ninth row of the grid, making its return to the series, uh, they were planning on just doing the long distance races this season, but they added this one to the schedule just a month or so ago. That's Magnus Racing. Car number 44 is Aston Martin Vantage GT3. Starting driver is John Potter. Alongside him also making a return, as we've already heard, is Rob Ferriel in the locally based number 99 Hardpoint Porsche 911 GT3R. The similar car for Wright Motorsports will start in the 16th position. That's Ryan Hardwick. Alongside him, Cooper McNeil, number 79, WeatherTech Racing Mercedes AMG GT3. Row 7 on the outside, Jaden Conright in the number 42 NTESSR Lamborghini Huracan GT3. And he has it for company on row 7, Frankie Montecalvo in car number 12, the Vassar Sullivan Lexus RCF GT3. Turner Motorsport and the number 96 BMW M4 GT3 will start in the 12th position. That'll be Robbie Foley. Alongside him, Roman DeAndre is in car number 27, the heart of racing team Aston Martin Vantage GT3. Mike Skeen, uh, who has the, is the, in the team Courthoff Motorsports Mercedes AMG GT3, car number 32, that leads the team championship coming into this weekend. He will start in the 10th position. Alongside Robert McGuinness, car number 39, they're on a hot streak at the moment at Carbon Peregrine Racing Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Third fastest in GTD in qualifying on the outside of row four, that's Madison Snow in car number one for Paul Miller Racing BMW M4 GT3. And by starting today's race, they will clinch the IMSA WeatherTech Sprint Cup Championship. 
second fastest in GTD. Aidan Reid, magnificent performance by him. The Australian in car number 51, the Rick Ware Racing Acura NSX GT3. But on the pole position, on the streak at the moment, the Winwood Racing Mercedes, car number 57, the pole sitter and race winner last time out, that would be Russell Ward. Moving on to GTD Pro, fifth on the grid, Jack Hawksworth and number 14, Vassar Sullivan Lexus. He was fastest in the practice session yesterday morning, but he had a, a bolt come loose in the rear suspension in qualifying that hindered him. He did well to get into the fifth position. Row two, outside. Conor Filippi, car number 25, the BMW M Team RLL BMW M4 GT3. Inside of that row, the Porsche 911 GT3R. For FAF Motorsports, car number nine, Maddie Campbell, the championship leaders. Front row of the grid then, Corvette Racing, car number three, Antonio Garcia, the Chevrolet Corvette C8R GTD. And on the pole position, just for the first time in his career, is from England, Ross Gunn in the number 23 Heart of Racing Team, Aston Martin Vantage GT3. That is the 18 car grid. Uh, with Jeremy Shaw here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre as our mission and countdown to green begins to wind down. It's the final two hours and 40 minute race uh, of the season. We go to our season finale, 10 hours at uh, Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Uh, next weekend, we have Porsches for you from Indianapolis Motor Speedway with the Porsche Sports Car Together Festival, two rounds, uh, the penultimate two rounds of the uh, of the Porsche Carrera Cup North America presented by VisitKman.com, live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. So uh, that is something to fill the time between uh, now and uh, Motul Patilamon. Let's rejoin Sheer Adam uh, back down on the grid where the formalities, Sheer, are pretty much completed storylines then. GTD, uh, a start for, as uh, Jeremy said, for Paul Miller Racing in BMW, and they get the championship, the only championship they could have won. Uh, what else are we looking for in GTD? Well, in GTD, the championship battle is heated up even more after qualifying. With points being awarded, there are now three points that separate Roman DeAngelis in the heart of racing number 27 and the right motorsport portion number 16 of Ryan Hardwick and Jan Halen. It has been a qualifying tale that has made a big difference. 42 point advantage for the leader, Stephen Mackler, over the heart of racing coming from qualifying points alone. Big difference has been made in qualifying, but an even bigger difference coming in the race. The top three in the championship separated by about 40 points total. In other words, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Thank you, Sheer Adam. That brings to an end our Michelin countdown to green. We're going racing next. Two hours and 40 minutes. The Michelin GT Challenge in VIR. It's next. It's live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV.